feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Headlines of law enforcement being attacked, being killed. It seems like almost every day I am hearing about some member of law enforcement across this country who is shot to death by some young thug who seems to have zero appreciation for what our law enforcement represent. Our law enforcement, I think, are the best of us. I think they are heroic. They are so underpaid. They are so underappreciated. They work so hard. They are so tireless. They go every day knowing not, you know, not knowing what they're going to face. They don't know if a routine traffic stop could be their last. They don't know if that domestic call is going to have somebody who turns on them, somebody who is mentally ill, somebody who is armed. It is so tough to be in law enforcement these days. And I just want to say bravo to Governor Ron DeSantis for coming out and at least saying we have to protect our law enforcement. It's amazing that it's headlines now that there's a candidate who's going out there with a pro-law enforcement message. Everybody should be pro-law enforcement. But how refreshing to see a candidate come out. And right now, he's not an official candidate. He's sort of a pseudo-candidate, if you will. This is clearly a potential preview, I think, to him running for the White House and announcing it maybe in a few months from now. But he went out today, and I'm so happy to see somebody going out there and embracing law enforcement. Ron DeSantis was out there. He was in Staten Island. He was hugging the men and women in blue. He was telling them how great they are. He was telling them how much he appreciates them. He was telling them how they should be getting better paid, how there shouldn't be a revolving door of justice, that when they arrest somebody, that person shouldn't be back out on the streets. It sounds pretty routine, but sadly, we don't hear that message enough. We need to hear that message all the time, especially from our leaders. We need to hear it from not just our political leaders. We need to hear it from citizens, too, and especially these young thugs who keep taking advantage of the system and seem to have no respect for law enforcement. So I'm happy to see that Ron DeSantis sort of in what looks like a preview to a 2024 White House run is taking it head on and basically saying, listen, Bail reform doesn't work. This revolving door, soft on criminal approach just doesn't work. It's not cutting it. It's not helping any community. It doesn't matter what ethnic group. It is not helping them. And in fact, some of the new numbers show it's hurting African-American communities more than anything. So it's not working for our great American citizens and it needs to stop. And they need to start respecting law enforcement and appreciating law enforcement. So I think it was actually pretty creative that he did sort of a preview to what looks like a White House run and did it with a stop in New York. And then he does a stop in Philadelphia and he does a stop in Chicago, three cities that are riddled by crime, that are riddled with issues of soft on crime policies coming very much from leadership, from the political leadership in those three locations. And you just see 
that Ron DeSantis just said, these liberal policies do not work. They are not helping anybody. And we're not respecting law enforcement like we should. It was refreshing not to hear somebody talk about defund the police. It was refreshing to not hear about equity in the police force. It was refreshing not to hear about, oh, well, we have to be conscientious of the criminal. We have to be soft on him. We have to think about giving somebody a break. What about giving our law enforcement a break? Thank goodness somebody is saying that. And thank goodness that that looks like that's going to be a consistent message within the Republican Party. And I hope we hear it. Finally, from the Democratic Party, it'd be nice if we see Democrats leading that charge, too, because it shouldn't be a Republican issue. It shouldn't be a Democratic issue. It should be a red, white and blue issue. And I want to talk about that tonight on the Rita Cosby show. To me, it is heartbreaking to hear these headlines every single day. And why do you think the Democrats are still sort of starting and continuing with this policy of sort of Soft on crime. We have to raise the age. We have to do all these things to make it easier, it seems, for the criminal and make it even much more complex for our law enforcement. Isn't their job tough enough? Um, Coming up in about 10 minutes or so here on the show, we're going to have Joe Borelli. Joe is the New York Republican leader in the council And it's the minority, of course, in New York City, but he's the Republican leader of the New York Council from Staten Island. And he was with DeSantis earlier today. So I'm looking forward to hearing the councilman's take on what that visit meant, what it meant to law enforcement to finally see some politicians saying, thank you, bravo, bravo, taking it head on. And you could see that a lot of politicians in New York were not happy that DeSantis was here. I mean, they were actually arguing with him and saying, oh, he's, you know, he's anti-woke, he's anti-this, he's anti-that. Why not just say, hey, that's a great message to appreciate law enforcement. I never thought supporting law enforcement would be a controversial issue. It should not be, and it needs to stop. And that message of just taking it straight on, we need to hear more politicians doing that. 1-800-848-9222, Nine two two two. First off, I want to also talk about what happened over the weekend. This is absolutely heartbreaking. On Saturday night, a Temple University police officer, Christopher Fitzgerald, was shot to death uh, brutally, basically in an ambush shooting. And by the way, it was by an 18-year-old who showed zero remorse. And it was one of the most disgusting crimes. First of all, it's obviously deplorable. He shoots a police officer. Uh, Then he tried to do a carjacking nearby. Thank goodness he was arrested. But as the officer is lying there on the ground, bleeding to death after being shot by this thug, the thug is actually going in the cop's pockets, trying to rob the cop. It, It is the most unbelievable thing. You see it on the video. It is the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen. Talk about a deprivation of life, such a callous deprivation. He has killed an officer. The guy is now bleeding to death because you shot him, and you are robbing the officer as he is laying there on the ground pleading for his life, and you're robbing him. It is the most disgusting thing. If that doesn't just encapsulate just some of these criminals, some of these young thugs, where they're at right now mentally, that they would go to that extreme 
that they would first take the life of a law enforcement officer. I grew up in a home where it was like, yes, sir, hello, sir, whatever. You know, I mean, if I even disrespected my father, let alone a police officer, I'd never hear the end of it. Believe me, I'd be locked in my room for like uh, the next day or two. And I grew up in a home where you showed respect. You showed respect for your parents and you showed respect for law enforcement. You showed respect for authority. What is going on that young kids feel so emboldened right now that they think nothing of taking out a law enforcement officer, of someone who is there to protect us, who's just doing their job, and you shoot at them and you kill them, and then while they are lying on the ground, you are robbing them? It is the most disgusting, reprehensible thing on so many levels and so disconcerting. And I think it just epitomizes, sadly, where we are today. It is downright heartbreaking. The number is 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Al in Yonkers. Al, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Your thoughts? Yeah, hi, Rita. You know, Rita, I wanted to say I agree with you. It was refreshing to see Governor DeSantis out there on the stump, especially making a, uh, a stop in Chicago as you know, uh, the gun violence in Chicago is out of control, the homicide rate. And next Tuesday, February 28th, the mayor, who's uh, been a failure, in my opinion, uh, she's in real jeopardy of losing her job. What's going on, she, on What's going on, on next Tuesday? That's interesting to hear. Yeah, next Tuesday, February 28th, you, you have the election for the uh, mayor's race in Chicago, and usually they don't hit 50%. So what would happen, there would be a runoff in April. So right now, her numbers are, she's possibly might not even make the runoff. So wow. it's really that tight. Wow. And boy, has she been a disaster. I mean... Yes, she has. Yeah, and you know what's you know unbelievable about, especially about Lori Lightfoot? I think about when these businesses have come forward and talked about being robbed and how it's hurting their business and everything. She's like gone after the business. She's like, well, they they need to be better informed. I I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, she has shown no support. It's businesses are having a hard enough time with shoplifting at an all time high uh, in in cities like New York and cities like Chicago and Philly. Um, So you got all of that. And then she's not even doing anything to encourage them. She's telling them they need to be better educated. I mean, and then remember, and and who was it? Uh, I think it was Lori Lightfoot. Wasn't she the one who said they need to hire better security? As opposed to, maybe you need a crackdown on crime, Miss Mayor. That was shocking. Al, thank you very much. Let's go to Sal, uh, line two. Your thoughts, Al? Rita, my love, the bottom line is, I heard your, your, talk, your caller told me that uh, Ron DeSantis, God bless him, was in Staten Island today. If any place that needs a law and order, Staten Island, South Korea is the South Shore is the cocaine, hashish, heroin, and opiates prescription pain pill center of the world, Rita. The world, and it's coming in from Central Latin South America, Mexico, and it's, it's, um, and it's also with uh, fentanyl from communist China. Um, Governor DeSantis is a law and order guy. He stopped corona, COVID in its tracks, and he's an American Navy veteran. No American veteran goes hungry, thirsty, or hopeless, or homeless in Florida. He makes sure the state takes care of the veterans. They have domiciliaries at all six of the federal VA hospitals and the state VA facilities. New York has nothing like that. New Jersey only has one federal VA hospital in the whole state. 
That's outrageous. Sal, that is outrageous. And by the way, I mean, obviously, listen, President Trump's also an enormous supporter of law enforcement and our military, as you're talking about the VA, Um, you know, both of them. And that's great to see. How nice is it to see candidates who, uh, you know, who care about the country, care about law enforcement, care about law and order? I I mean, it, it was actually refreshing to hear that message in New York. I was like, wow, I haven't heard that in New York in a long, long time. When we come back, everybody, we're going to continue with your calls. Why are we seeing this degradation of police? And do you think this law and order message is a winning strategy, A, for Republicans and certainly a losing one for the Democrats? We're going to continue with your calls and also Joe Borelli coming up in just a few minutes. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. DeSantis took it to New York politicians today and right in their home turf with a pro-law enforcement tour, which, boy, was so refreshing, talking about the importance of respecting our law enforcement. And take a listen. Here is Ron DeSantis saying that the policies of places like New York, Chicago, Philly, all these left-leaning cities across America, that clearly it ain't working. And it's a revolving door of justice. You are too soft on criminals and you are not protecting police. And this is what he had to say when he was in Staten Island, New York, just a few hours ago. Just the broader message and not even about president or any of that. But just about for our country, it's important to admit that these left wing policies have failed. They've empowered criminals. Mm -hmm. They've put uh, the public at risk. They put law enforcement officers at risk. And so I think that this this experiment has concluded uh, and we need to move in the direction where across the board from sea to shining sea, we have a commitment to respect for law enforcement and for law and order. One thousand percent. I mean, when you hear about these cases of what's happening of late of these young thugs who are getting a free pass over and over again, some of them feeling so emboldened that they are killing police officers or attacking police officers without conscience. It is shocking and it needs to stop. We must respect law and order. And the question is, will these left wing policies change uh, certainly it will change if you put somebody in the White House who cares about law and order. I mean, we've heard that message from DeSantis. We've heard it from Trump. Uh, where are the Democrats kind of going out there? You know, Biden's always like, well, uh, there's uh, racism in the police department. I mean, remember, he even used MLK Day to basically bash police again. That's how I know he's probably running again, because at least at that moment he thought he was. Uh, because he came out and was saying, oh, well, you know, police are terrible. They're uh, racist. They're this. They're that. So refreshing to hear somebody say, hey, police, we have your back. By the way, we, you know, every night we do the Back the Blue segment here every night on the Rita Cosby Show. It is my favorite segment, that and the support our heroes, because we can never say how much we appreciate law enforcement enough. I want to hear your thoughts out there, especially you in law enforcement and also citizens who care about law enforcement, which I know is most of you out there because you definitely appreciate our men and women in blue. 
Do you think that this is going to be a huge campaign issue? And do you think it's smart of DeSantis from a political perspective to use this as sort of a soft launch for what looks like to be his White House run? He'll probably wait a few months. There's a budget issue that's going on, like in uh, Florida. Usually it's like early May is sort of the timetable. Typically, a lot of people are saying that maybe if he throws his name in, it's going to be then. But I think it's really interesting that this is sort of his first sort of preview. And I think it's refreshing. And I say bravo. And boy, we need to hear this kind of message more often. And the fact that he got criticism from a couple left-leaning politicians basically saying, what are you doing in our state? Maybe he's giving you a dose of reality. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Larry. On line one, Larry, your thoughts about this? Um, yeah, Rita, I think I think that DeSantis made a very smart move because to focus on this issue, uh, this could launch a national campaign. For the reason is that change is not going to happen um, uh, unless there's a Justice Department that gets involved. And uh, Trump was talking about during his term about getting the Justice Department inv- involved if New York didn't clean up its crime all the way back then. And, uh, and 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 I he spoke about that about Chicago also, because what's going on, Rita, is a social revolution. Let me tell you what's happening. They are these laws that enable criminals to keep, uh, you know, committing criminal acts and not cashless bail and everything. The reason they're doing this is they don't want to create felony records for for African Americans because it's the script because then people don't hire them. So what they're doing is they're letting them uh, they're letting mayhem ensue and letting them do whatever they want, but no felony on the record. They're doing everything to knock down the felony. So you don't see it's not just about cashless bail. They knock down the felonies also. Okay, you heard Bragg talking about no more robbery. Everything gets pleaded out to a misdemeanor. You saw it started with the one-punch homicides, okay? They killed people with one punch, but it was a misdemeanor, third-degree assault. That, uh, that, that is a disgrace. That is, that, that's not even logical. So this is what it's It's a social revolution. That's what it is. Yeah, it is. And you know what? You're right. It's this mindset. It's part of this whole mindset of, like, going easy on criminals and but but what's amazing is at the same time all they talk about is guns 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 and what what strikes me larry is they live in these communities i mean it's it's like this this utter hypocrisy and and i think encapsulated it all was cory bush remember when cory bush came out larry and she was asked um, well, you have private security. You're calling for defund the police. You have private security. She goes, well, I need it because I need to be protected when I'm out here carrying this message. I mean, what a bunch of hogwash. Uh, I mean, that is just the most hypocritical thing I've ever heard. Lair, thank you. Great points, as always. Let's go to Teddy Yonkers, line two. Teddy, your thoughts. Rita, I support the police. I have relatives that were in the police department. Okay, Democrats support the police, but like, you know, I taught for 40 years. There are bad teachers. There are bad apples. I bought a box of strawberries today. Thank God 98% of them were good, but 2% are bad. Are you, you wait, have, are you comparing law enforcement Rita, to fruit? Rita, please com- let me make this point. You always cut me off. Yeah, because, Rita, because Teddy, Teddy, te- all right, Teddy, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to keep you on hold because... Yeah, I want to hear this fruit analogy. You know, this is interesting. I like strawberries, by the way. So when we come back, we'll let you continue. We just got to go to our break, and we'll continue with two. 
Ted, and much more. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a powerful story coming from Loveland, Colorado, where teamwork and quick thinking is being credited for saving a Loveland, Colorado woman from a burning car. Police were called to an area on a report of a car fire. Five Loveland police officers immediately responded. At least two civilians were initially attempting to pry a 70-year-old woman out of a burning vehicle. Once on the scene, two of the officers, along with the two civilians, were able to pull the driver from the vehicle and save her. Now, the driver's granddaughter said that her grandmother suffered neck burns and a broken ankle. She was having a medical emergency. Three other officers are credited with helping the fire folks extinguish the blaze. Now, the granddaughter also went on to say, I am so thankful that that's two officers and those two civilians helped out. I am ever grateful, always will be, that my grandmother is alive. What a beautiful story and just a great story about the tremendous work that our law enforcement does and also two good Samaritans that were also in the area helping law enforcement out. Well, we've been talking about this constant bashing that we often hear from many in the very, like, left wing of the Democratic Party. They still talk about defund the police. Uh, They are consistently, uh, some of folks, not all of them, but some folks consistently bashing uh, law enforcement, saying that they're racist, uh, saying that they are, you know, overzealous, uh, accusing them of basically being completely out of line, like there's some rogue group. What about respecting our law enforcement? What about appreciating them? Well, it was refreshing to see Ron DeSantis today go on a pro-police tour, going over New York to Staten Island, then going to Chicago, also Philly, uh, three cities that have skyrocketing crime, three cities that have soft-on-crime DAs, that are like creating this revolving door of justice where bring back the broken windows theory, bring back like what Bill Bratton, remember, who was a former New York police commissioner, was pushing for, which was that tough on crime early on, catch them early on, make sure they are held responsible so they don't get worse and they don't escalate. It's the exact opposite now. And Ron DeSantis basically said, quote, left-wing policies have failed. This experiment is over. It's not working. We need to respect our cops and law and order. Bravo, bravo, bravo. 1-800-848-9222. Let's continue with Teddy in Yonkers. Teddy, go ahead. Sorry I had to go to a hard break there, but go ahead. No problem. I understand. Rita, Democrats and Republicans, we want law and order. I want all of your sycophant friends 
wait, you're talking about the other callers, I assume, right? That's why they have they have a right to have their own mind. I mean, and that's just like you do too, Ted. That's why I have you call in. I no and problem I, you calling in. And I appreciate that, and I I appreciate and I thank you for that. But let me just point out something to you in today's paper, Rita. When there are there are bad apples in every profession, and you have to call it out when you see it, Rita. That doesn't mean that we don't support the police. That doesn't mean that I have don't have respect for the police. Of course we do. Well, Teddy, Teddy, hang on. First off, when the whole thing happened with Tyree Nichols, that was abominable, and and I've called that out, and I think. Anybody in their right mind would call that out. I agree um, with you. you know, I did. So, so absolutely, because it was deplorable. And I think, you know, the, the murder charges, their uh, second-degree murder charges against those officers, absolutely correct. It was deplorable. Absolutely deplorable. Okay, um, I, and but, but, but where are a lot of these Democrats? Some of them are still pushing for defund the police. They're constantly saying the police are racist. Um, you know, there's a lot of them that are still doing that. And where are the Democrats... That like you know like you're saying why why not why don't they say to them please be quiet this doesn't help a race relations it doesn't help law and order it doesn't help the the criminals change their lives around if they get a free pass every time and if they feel emboldened to go after law enforcement that's that's terrible I agree with you there shouldn't be any talk about defunding the police in any city in America. I want everyone to hear that, that Teddy from Yonkers said, I am against defunding the police, but I'm also for holding police accountable, not to fabricate false evidence. Yeah, but, like, but Teddy, you make it sound like, you, hang on, Teddy, you brought up the analogy of, of strawberries before, so you make it sound like uh, like you find one nice strawberry in the batch and the other ones are are, are no. bruised and battered. You, it, it, you have to agree with me that it's a very slim portion of law enforcement that are bad apples. Yes, there are some, like the Tyree Nichols one, um, and I think Derek Chauvin, you know, in the in the case of the George Floyd with his knee on the neck and he kept having the knee on the neck, the way, you know, the, the guy saying, I can't, you know, come on. You know, I mean, that was deplorable. But that is a slim percentage. You know, that this this attitude of like, I can go shoot a police officer or I can go through a, even a bucket of water or disrespecting or or the pigs in a blanket. That stuff is that stuff has to stop. And it comes from the top where you need to you need to say it can no longer be tolerated. It's a slim, such a small percentage. Good cops don't like bad cops, but the bad cops are very slim, Teddy. You got to agree with me on that. You make it sound like it's like a whole bunch of them. No, it's it's not. It's not. All I'm saying is, just we have to point it out when you see a bad apple in a box of apples. I, by the way, Teddy, and you and I agree. And 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 thank you very much for the calls. I agree on that, and we agree it's a slim, slim, slim portion. And a lot of Democrats put out this perspective that it's a whole batch of them, and I think that that does everybody a tremendous disservice because that is not true. Our law enforcement go out there, and there are just a small amount. And when it's wrong, you call it out. Good law enforcement call out the bad ones. You know, they, they want good ones on the force because they know how bad it looks for the rest of them. But it is such a minor, minor. Our law enforcement don't go out there and like, oh, we're going to go uh, beat up somebody or pick somebody by race or whatever. They are just trying to do their job. And and the smearing of them has to stop. And it's nice to see a politician uh, parading them a- in a good way and, and showcasing them and congratulating them. 
and we need more of that. They deserve more of it. They absolutely do. Let's continue our calls. Let's go to Bill, line four. Bill, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. How are you? Good, good, good. What are your thoughts? Well, I'm 26 years on YPD. Bravo. Um, Thank you. Bravo. Thank you for your service. So uh, I just want to, you know, when it comes to the murder of a police officer, it's not that I'm saying there's not good local city or state prosecutors. That case should go immediately federal. And some some president or politician should make that a federal offense where the trials are tighter and where the penalties are more severe. And it should just be handled like that from the get-go. And maybe that would reduce these uh, criminals from thinking twice about before they turn around with a gun in their hands and decide they want to have a shootout with a police officer. You you know, Bill, that is actually a really good idea. You're right. It should be automatically a federal uh, where, just as you said, the penalties are stiffer. uh, It's swifter. There's not as much of this sort of uh, messing around. Uh, There's not as much leeway also as you see what's happening. It depends on the city now. Uh, when you've got some of these, I mean, you know, there's there's a, a cop killer who's up for parole. Uh, I mean, no. it's outrageous in New York. I mean, what are you, are you kidding me? You got a cop no. killer? That person shouldn't see the light of day. And uh, you know, I'm also it would do another thing. Let's mark these politicians that are politicians that are weak need and wouldn't vote for it, including Republicans. Yeah, I want to know who they are. I agree. Let's see. Yeah, Let's see who they really are. When they're not grandstanding. Absolutely. Call them out 1,000%. And, Bill, thank you, too, so much for your great, you mentioned 26 years in NYPD. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, everybody, uh, coming up in two seconds, we've got Councilman Joe Borelli, who is in Staten Island with Ron DeSantis. First, here is a little clip of Ron DeSantis talking earlier today, basically uh, comparing how New York used to be when we had a good tough on crime, like bring up an example. How about Rudy Giuliani who was tough on crime or Governor Pataki when you had leaders who were really tough on crime compared to now how things have gone downhill. This is Governor DeSantis in Staten Island a few hours ago. To me, it's all putting ideology over public safety. You know, you look at like New York City, no city It was the safest big city probably in the world under Giuliani and under Bloomberg. And people loved it. And now they've thrown that all away. And you've had crime spike. You have these officers. Their lives are now more at risk because they have to risk their lives to put somebody away. But then the judge just releases them. So they end up having to arrest the same guy a week or two later and risk their, their lives again. You've also seen places like Chicago where these prosecutors are not going after uh, the people. So this has huge effects on quality of life. And joining us now to talk about the importance of DeSantis's visit and support of law enforcement is New York City Council Republican leader and also a Staten Islander, Joe Borelli. Councilman, you were with uh, Governor DeSantis. Uh, tell us all about it. Yeah, it was a great breakfast. Uh, it was uh, wonderful to hear someone compare the Big Apple to the Big Orange. And uh, I don't think I'm spoiling anyone's surprise when when you look at things you know, as a comparable, things are going pretty well in Florida, and things are not exactly going too great uh, here in New York. You know, uh, the comparison of the Big Apple to the Big Orange, um, how do you see it, especially in terms of law enforcement? Well, look, I mean, first of all, people are fleeing here and going there. 
But when you look specifically at law enforcement, I mean, that's a state which actually supports uh, the men and women in blue, uh, not just financially. I mean, uh, what Governor Santos has done with uh, signing bonuses uh, and, and pay raises to law enforcement officers has been great. But it's more about respect. Uh, look, I actually just came back last week from a protest where we were actually protesting uh, a parole hearing for a cop killer. This is one of the only states where you can kill a cop uh, and in 20 years or so still be considered for parole. It's absolutely bizarre. It's, it's, it's contrary to you know most people's common sense. And yet that's the norm in New York City. How did the members of law enforcement feel? I think so often, councilmen, like how demoralized the police feel. I talk to so many men and women in blue. You know, I have such a big support for them every night, by the way, on my show. As you probably know, I do a back the blue segment because I feel we can't do enough. But it is so tough to be a cop these days. How did they feel to see, boy, uh, really front row and center that this is going to be a big issue for someone who potentially is going to be running for president? I think it's a 180-degree separation from what they're used to. Uh, New York, uh, you know, if you listen to or just watch the Twitter feeds or the Facebook posts and the press releases from two-thirds of the state legislature, and most of their focus is on making things, you know, more comfortable for prisoners in Rikers Island and making sure people get out of jail earlier. There's never any consideration for the work that law enforcement officers do or the risks they take uh, or, or some of the, the problems associated with their jobs, some of the real difficult things. I mean, we, we know there's a, a law enforcement suicide problem uh, that, that's prevalent not just here but around the country. Uh, and yet we don't really take any action to benefit officers. Uh, you know, that, that was essentially Ron DeSantis's message. And as you can imagine, in a room full of Staten Island cops, it went over pretty well. I think we've, we've seen sort of a, a pushback in that narrative from people who are a bit more moderate, people like, like, like Mayor Adams, who, who's been a lot better on the issue of policing and crime than many you know, national Democratic figures, and even people like AOC and sort of the local progressives. Um, I, I think it's a clear opening, though, for the GOP to pick up support uh, in states where they may not have gotten much support in the past. Because when you look at Florida uh, and you look at how they treat prisoners and, and, and criminals versus police officers, they're actually hitting a 50-year low in their crime rate, including violent crime. Whereas if you pick up uh, any tabloid in New York City, you turn on Fox or Newsmax or you, you listen to uh, 770, you will see nothing about stories about how much crime has returned to New York City. So it's such a heavy you know, disparity between what's going on in states that back law enforcement versus those like us where we don't. And, Councilman, you spent time with DeSantis. Um, he is clearly this tour is going to New York. It's going to Chicago. It's going to Philly. Uh, is there any doubt in your mind that he's probably going to run for president? What do you make of all this? I don't know. He's certainly putting his feet in the water and, and seeing if it's uh, worth jumping in. I mean, that, that, that's certainly the case. Um, you know, but the, the the path he's chosen specifically today, he went to New York, he went to Philly, he's, he's in Chicago probably as we speak right now. Um, he's going to show the difference between uh, the two paths that states can go down. They can go down the pro-criminal, they can go down the woke, uh, or they can go the direction Florida is uh, by being a place that welcomes law enforcement, treats, uh, you know, the public as the priority rather than inmates and and, and criminals and people who want to violate our laws. Uh, I think it's a very interesting strategy. Uh, he's certainly gotten a, a number of good uh, press hits today uh, from this. He's gotten a lot of kudos from people across uh, the Republican Party spectrum. Uh, and if this is the launch of his campaign, I, I'd say it's going fairly well. 
Yeah, it is a really interesting strategy, and I'm happy to see law enforcement supported and highlighted, as I know you are, uh, in a big, big way. Uh, New York Council member, the Republican leader there, and also a great Staten Islander, Joe Borelli. Great to have you here. You too. Thanks so much. Really interesting to get his perspective. And it's great to see that the law enforcement there in Staten Island felt appreciated. And, you know, Joe's bringing up the fact that in New York, yeah, the cop killers are getting paroles. They're getting parole hearings. I, I mean, I'm sorry. If you kill a cop, there shouldn't be any parole hearing. I don't really care what your age is. And I just talked about this case at Temple University, where the officer was killed. When we come back after the break, I'm going to tell you a little more details. It is gut-wrenching, and it is just disgusting, and it is shameful. It's an 18-year-old thug who was trying to rob the cop as he was bleeding to death. I mean, it's like deplorable in every single level. So we need to teach these people a lesson. And I liked our last caller who was calling us, Bill, the former NYPD of 26 years, who said we should make it a federal crime. Throw the book at these people. Throw the book. And it's time to say enough with the stupid woke nonsense. Let's protect our communities and protect our law enforcement. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And I'll take your calls when we come back. The Rita Cosby Show. And Ron Santis taking it to the hardcore left, saying, guess what? This liberal experiment with criminal justice reform and going soft on criminals, it ain't working. Here's a little bit more of him earlier today in Staten Island. I think what we've shown with how we've governed versus how these uh, woke cities have governed is those woke approach to to crime and law and order and being anti-police, those policies have failed. Florida's policies have succeeded, so we need everyone around the country uh, to support the people that wear the uniform, to support policies that keep communities safe, and to abandon this woke nonsense like just releasing these criminals or electing prosecutors that don't follow the law. Yeah, it is time to just say, what are you talking about? Are you crazy? Uh, You want to defund the police? Uh, You want to, like, belittle law enforcement? what, What is wrong with you? Honestly. What is wrong with you? By the way, in Austin, they're doing these drag racing and the law enforcement has been trying to like stop them. And the crowd threw bottles at the police, mostly young people, basically said, you know, too bad. And they were flashing their sort of Black Lives Matter signs. Very nice. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to BJ, line six. BJ, your thoughts about this? Well, you know, I must be really on Teddy's list there because every time he calls, he mentions me, Norm, Dom, uh, uh, Phil. I mean, he goes down the list. So uh, uh, we really, really, I'm, I'm so glad we occupy his head rent free. I know. But- I was going to say, yeah, you clearly are getting <laughs> under his skin, BJ. But then, but then at the end, he kind of calmed down after after I called him out for calling uh, equating cops to strawberries. But go ahead. That's your doing. You're able to. You can. You, you're able to handle him. That. That. If I. If I had my show, believe me, I'd hit the. I'd hit the kill button every time. A guy <laughs> like that. Get on. Beep. But, you know. No. One of those ejection. I, I wish I had an ejection seat. Like whoops. Trap door. Or something, <laughs> like in the cartoons. Now I tell you. Here's the problem. The problem is. Uh, I find it ironical. You know. The the governor 
comes to, to he comes to us, the world's greatest police force, and he has to tell us what's worked for him. Because the, the truth of the matter is we have the greatest police force, but we have the weakest leadership now. And we have DAs that don't that basically have normalized and legalized theft. We have assaults every day. We have police. There's a war on police in our state. And I, I take exception to some of what uh, Mr. Borelli said. AOC is not the friend of the police. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I can't sit there and listen to that. We have a woke police force. The Democrats want to defund the police. We've had a mass exodus since the summer of 2020. People are fed up. If they're not supported, they're not going to engage in proactive policing. And who would? They're not coming. The cops that are on the beat today are not the cops that saved us from 9-11 in 2001. They've tied their hands behind their back. They demoralized them. And you could have the best police force with people with the best of intentions. But if you have leadership like we have now, forget it. So I really wish he was our governor, I'll tell you. Ron DeSantis has a great story to tell the rest of the country. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we need more run, people like Ron DeSantis in every state. Yeah, and by the way, you know, I, I, he was also saying, hey, you know, come down to Florida. We'll take good care of you. You know, um, one of your points too, BJ, exactly what you were saying. I was seeing that New York City, for example— a uh, two-decade low in recruitment for law enforcement officers. Because just like you said, um, you know, it's right now, it's like, who wants to be a cop? I'm glad that there are still people who have, um, you know, such noble dedication to community. God bless them. Because I, whenever I see a cop, BJ, and it doesn't matter what city I am across the country, I go and say, thank you. Uh, do you want a cup of coffee? Can I get you something or whatever? And sometimes they have tears in their eyes. And a lot of times they're like, we've never had anybody say that to us. Or it's been a year since we've had someone say that. Or it's been months, you know. I mean, how sad is that? Um, but in New York City alone, they are going through basically underpaid, disrespected. It is such a dangerous job um, that they're having a two-decade low in recruitment. Because what's the incentive to join the force these days. And and when you see leadership that isn't backing you, as you just so eloquently said, um, it is it just shows the difference when you have somebody at the top who says, we love you, we respect you, and don't you dare touch one of our law enforcement. And that's what that's the message that needs to come across everybody in this country. And it needs to be shamed the ones who are not doing it. Um, and anybody who calls otherwise, you need to think, what are you, nuts? I mean, it needs to be like, why are you even wasting your, you know, our, you know, our breath with this dialogue? Get it out of your mind. It ain't going to work. Stand up for law enforcement. When we come back, we're going to talk more about this, guys, and also Biden's surprise visit to Ukraine. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Later on in this hour on the Rita Cosby Show, we are going to talk about President Biden's surprise visit to Ukraine. I think it was a great idea that he actually went into Ukraine. I think he should have done it a long time ago. I also think he should also 
be visiting Ohio. What about that terrible train derailment and the toxic plumes that we've seen? What about also the fact that he's not paying attention to our border? I think you can support Ukraine and freedom and all these other things, but you can also go to our border and defend our border, too. And you should also be going to Ohio. I mean, it is so insane. Uh, President Trump announces he's going to go to Ohio on Wednesday. I think that's a brilliant move uh, to go visit the community there of East Palestine. Those people that are dealing with the looks like the, you know, the water with the dead fish and all these things in it. It's a big, big, big issue. And so it's interesting that right after that, what a surprise. Then FEMA under Joe Biden says, oh, you know, maybe we might help the people of Palestine and send some people in there. But Buttigieg hasn't gone there yet. Biden hasn't gone there yet. And yet President Trump will be going there on Wednesday. That is a really, really interesting move. And I think it's a brilliant move by Trump. And I think it's an important move, too. I think a lot of people should be going there uh, and supporting that community that's going through so much. But I do think that it was interesting to see President Biden pop into Kiev today. Uh, he did tell the Russians he was going because they didn't want to misfire or make a mistake or something like that. Um, but it was an interesting move. And here he is talking about the visit while he is there in Kiev and President Zelensky standing right by his side. For all the disagreement we have in our Congress on some issues, uh, there is a significant agreement on support for Ukraine. And this is so much larger than just Ukraine. It's about freedom and democracy in Europe. It's about freedom and democracy at large. And, uh, and uh, all the American people, I, I know that uh, so many have kept uh, Ukrainian people, particularly women and children, in their prayers. They can't fathom the idea of the shelling knife and the shelling of everything from orphanages to, to schools to the like. It's barbaric. And he, there he was, a little bit off mic, but he was basically saying, you know, this is bigger than Ukraine. It's about freedom, and we are here to stay. So the big question is, where is the war headed? There's a lot of questions on that, too, as well. And we're going to talk about that later on in the hour and get your take about this visit by President Biden. Should have done it, I think, a long time ago, but I think it's a powerful move to go there. Um, and at least he's trying to look a little tough. Boy, after the balloon debacle, anything is tough after that. That was a disaster. At least he's not shooting uh, $12 Bob's balloons out of the sky. At least, at least it was something there. You know, I'll give him credit for that. So we're going to talk about that later on in the hour. Meantime, we are talking, of course, about how tough it is to be in law enforcement these days. And, of course, this comes as Ron DeSantis it looks like he's gearing up for a presidential race. He had his pro-police tour kicking off in New York, highlighting woke policies against the police. And this comes on the heels of this horrible case that happened over the weekend. On Saturday night, police officer, and he is with the Temple University PD, Chris Fitzgerald. He was shot and killed while attempting to arrest a robbery suspect. He was a two-year veteran. By the way, he's got a wife and four kids. And this thug, this 18-year-old thug, attacked him. Take a listen first off. This is the radio transmission of officers after they learned that one of their comrades had been shot. Ah! 
so heartbreaking to hear and this guy who did it is an 18 year old miles pfeiffer and he was taken into custody thank goodness 12 hours afterwards uh sunday morning at his home um in bucks county pennsylvania and it it is just it's disgusting to see that after he shot the officer he was trying to rob the officer um, it, it's just, it is unconscionable that you hear the background of this guy uh, basically deliberately and fatally shot the officer after a short pursuit and a struggle near Temple University's campus. And here is a little bit from the Philadelphia Police Commissioner, Danielle Outlaw, on what happened to this officer, uh, just a great citizen and somebody, again, a father and husband. A little bit after 7 o'clock this evening, in the 1800 block of West Montgomery Avenue, a Temple officer, Temple PD officer, tried to intervene during a carjacking and was shot. That officer was transported here to Temple Hospital, where unfortunately he was pronounced. While we'd like to give you more detail right now, we simply can't. It's an ongoing investigation. You can just hear the heartbreak in her voice. And when you hear the details of this case, it is so heartbreaking. Trying to break up a carjacking. Uh, then he gets shot. Uh, then this thug is trying to rob him. It, it is just unbelievable. And it just shows how tough it is to be a cop. And thank God there are now many folks in the Republican Party speaking out. And I'm glad that Ron DeSantis put this back on the front burner of an issue to draw attention to how tough it is to be a law enforcement these days. And I think we need to call out these crazy policies of people out there who talk about, oh, well, you know, we need to think about the criminal and we need to kind of go a little easy on him because he had a little tough childhood. I don't really care what your childhood was. If you kill a cop or you injure a cop, that's it. one 800 848 Nine two two two. Let's go to Mike in South Carolina. Uh, Mike, your thoughts, my friend. I get so upset when I hear the story of this Temple police officer. It is happening way too often. Hello, Rita. I know your name is Rita because your perfume smells Rita. Where's my drumsticks? <laughs> Thank I'll tell you. you. Thank you, Mike. No problem. You know, I get so incensed. I have relatives retired, friends retired. I have a nephew who's uh, finished his third year with uh, New York State Troopers. Ron DeSantis, a round of applause to you for what you said, okay? Uh, Rudy Giuliani, in our history, was the greatest mayor in New York City. And now, you know, you got uh, reflections of de Blasio, and now this present guy. And they want parole for cop killers and BLM, BLM. We keep hearing BLM. And that poor officer at Temple University 
you know, thugs and punks. Uh, uh, you know, revisionist history, Rita. I know you got other people waiting. I'll, I'll make it quick. Revisionist history, taking statues down, okay? And uh, if they ever put a statue of Colin Kaepernick up, uh, me and 20 friends, I'll take it down. And you got Reverend Sharpton. No justice, no peace. Let's get real. When I'm down here, Rita, no matter where I am, I, I see you officers back to blue. There's five people I met already who left NYPD. You can't leave quick enough. Yeah, they're and coming. You're right. They're coming down to where you are in South Carolina. That's a great point, Mike. And you, you know, you, you know, you bring up Al Sharpton too. You, you see this like industry of these individuals who make these kind of comments, like an Al Sharpton, who like totally like stirs the pot every time when there's something, and then he smears all law enforcement. And basically says, you know, all law enforcement are bad or this can't happen. It's happening way too often. Remember, that was the thing. This is happening all the time in America. I'm thinking, you know, when there's a case of, of an officer, um, like the, the terrible case of the Tyree Nichols, at the funeral for him, he actually said, this Tyree Nichols, these cases happen all the time in America. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? These, these are exceptions to the rule, and they need to be called out when they're wrong but they need to be highlighted that they're exceptions. He smears all law enforcement, and it emboldens kids like this guy at Temple University. He hears it, and he thinks, oh, okay, you know, well, well, uh, cops are bad, and I can do whatever I want. Uh, I mean, this disrespect is so stunning, and we have to start really throwing the books. I liked what—I don't know if you heard what Bill said um, in the last hour, Mike. I thought it was really an, a great point. Federalize it. If you kill a cop— it should be a federal crime. I think if you injure a cop intentionally, it should be a federal crime. I mean, raise the stakes so people have the fear of God and start appreciating our law enforcement. For goodness sake, Mike. Exactly right, Rita. And you know what? Uh, last thing, that's nice. Biden makes it makes a visit to Ukraine. And how about, uh, you know, uh, I, I did 25 years MTA, the first 16 years working outside. Okay. And how about uh, Budacek? What did he say? Maybe him and his husband can take a ride to Ohio and, and make the transportation secretary and make a visit. Toxic, you know, uh, uh, material, uh, uh, contaminated water. Uh, it's like, you know, but I'll tell you what, Rita, a round of applause to you also, because every show you acknowledge police, you acknowledge veterans. A round of applause for you, Rita, and all the good people when they get behind the microphone, they should take a page from your book, you know, and say the same thing. Thank you. By the way, Mike, I love our men and women in blue. I have such appreciation for them. I've had friends who are cops. I know I've told the story, um, but I, I, I don't know. I'm getting emotional tonight, but I think about uh, John Burnett and Andy Nobles. That's their names. Uh, they were two friends of mine in Charlotte, North Carolina. And they went on what they thought was a routine traffic stop. I had covered them as a reporter and they were executed. One of their guns was taken and they first killed the first one. Then they killed the second one. And they were friends of mine. And I'll never forget getting the news that the two cops were killed were my friends. And it was very personal. And to this day, I'm still friends, um, you know, with uh, their families. Uh, literally, I just spoke to their families the other day um, because uh, the, there's a connection and a bond that will never break. And it is heartbreaking. And you see these great young men and women 
who join the force because they want to make a difference and people that have been there for decades who want to make a difference. And the fact that they're disrespected and unappreciated is an outrage to me. It is an outrage. They're the best of us in America, and we have to start appreciating it because not only do we have to herald them for what they do, they have the guts of of steel to go out there every day despite the being disparaged, despite the risk, despite all of this stuff. Um, and these were two cops. I brought this up before, Mike, but these were two cops um, and it was when I was in North Carolina, actually. It was in Charlotte, North Carolina, so not too far from you, Mike, in South Carolina. And um, and these two cops just love what they do. They had such a joy. And they were working in a tough neighborhood. They were working in some of the projects in Charlotte. And I had covered them uh, as a journalist and spent time with them. And I saw these two guys, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, love what they did. And the community loved them and appreciated them. And these were guys who were in it because they really wanted to make a difference and um, snuffed out by just some thug, by a repeat offender and just a thug. Thank goodness they caught the guy um, and he was sentenced. But, you know, you can never bring back uh, those kind of lives, you know. And so anyway, I love I love law enforcement. And I appreciate you guys so much. And I think about John Burnett and Andy Nobles every single day. And that's why I love doing Back the Blue on this show. Mike, thank you. I'm going to um, continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. talking about how difficult it is to be in law enforcement these days and also Ron DeSantis going on a pro law enforcement tour I think it is fantastic uh, to see somebody heralding law enforcement especially at a time right now where things are just so difficult for law enforcement where crime is skyrocketing uh, you know felonies up in New York uh, overall by a big percentage, and it's happening in all these different cities across the country. So bravo to Ron DeSantis for bringing attention to it all. one 800 Let's go to Jennifer, Line 8 in Boston. Jen, your thoughts? Hey, Jen, are you there? Jen, call us back. We can't hear you. Let's go to Pete in Staten Island. Line 1, go ahead, Pete. Hi, how are you, Rita? I just want to comment. Joe Borelli is wonderful. I'm in Staten Island. I never was participating in any politics at the time. About six years ago, there was a problem on my block. A uh, severely uh, disabled child with autism. His family had no heat because the tenant downstairs uh, had problems with the landlord. I told Mr. Borelli what happened. The next day he was there with plumbing trucks. And they repaired the house for this child. And I just have to give kudos and wonderful for what he did. And I love him. Trump is my main man, but DeSantis is my second choice. So I'm hoping that Trump runs. And if not, if it was DeSantis, I would back him too. But Trump has already proven himself the four years. What he did, keeping us at peace and straighten out our finances and stuff. But he's my number one, and 
DeSantis is my number two. All right, Pete, thank you. It's great to hear. And I'm glad that uh, Borelli uh, took care of you, uh, which is the right thing to do. That's a great thing. Uh, uh, Pete, thank you so much for the call. Let's go to Sean, line two in Maryland. Sean, your thoughts. Yes. Hi, my name is Sean. I'm calling from Maryland. Um, I'm a young African-American man. I'm not really much into politics, but I just wanted to leave my two cents about this subject. Um, Being that I recently graduated from college myself, and I want to say that, you know, in regards to one of the callers back, um, I totally agree with the whole agenda of BLM being used and pushed up on the black community and being used as a mass market to say that, you know, um, it's very divisive. And I want to say that coming from my community in Maryland, um, we, we don't support that. And, and it seems like a lot of Democrats are trying to force um, the African-American community to uh, be Democrats. And um, I think that's part of the problem. And while this notion that of um, the divisiveness um, amongst minorities and police, it's, it's not a true reality. It's only what you see mostly like on social media and it's being um, propagated by, by, um, by, the, by the media. But I want to say the leftist media, I guess if you can say that, um, now, I hey, Sean, by the way, Sean, Sean, this is really interesting. Yes. Now, let me ask you, do you do a lot of your friends feel the same way that you do? Yes, because, again, it's, it's crazy. Like, I have a criminal justice graduate myself from Maryland, and we look at the news and like, so when Donald Trump was in office and, you know, he was doing so much for my community, I actually started a business. Um, I don't know if I can say it online um, right now, but it's called Born United, and it actually honors all the first responders of America. Like this notion that I would just say speaking for my community that we that we don't like the police is a all is, is, is a lie, and it, it's it for everyone. I want to say degenerate and, and ignorant person in our country, it messes up a hundred Americans that that actually love this country, and we honor the first responders, including the police. Like we we honestly appreciate the police, but if you turn on the news, if you turn on CNN. They keep painting this narrative, especially with people like Al Sharpton, and it's not true. African-Americans actually have a big respect for law enforcement, and it's unfortunate that you just have small-minded people within America and then smaller populations that feed into the, the, the narrative that keeps us divided. That's, that's a great, by the way, Sean, is bigger than, by the way, Sean, yeah, you bring I'm up sorry. some great, no, 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 thank you. You bring up some great points um, because that's really powerful because I do agree. I think there are so, everybody, no matter whatever, you know, color, you know, or creed, um, we all want safety. Bottom line, you know, I, you know, I have friends of all, you know, all races, all stripes, and they just want the right thing. They care about their community. They care about law enforcement. And you're right. There's a lot of these sort of left-wing politicians that are trying to, like, thrust this division, and it's not good for anybody. Great talking to you. We're going to continue your calls after the break, everybody. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. 
The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which we love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we honor our great military and their families, a powerful story coming from Lawton, Oklahoma. I have some good friends in Oklahoma. I love the state. Veterans who have served the United States received recognition for their sacrifices this weekend during a presentation. 27 men and women from Lawton and surrounding communities were presented with quilts in honor of their service. The handmade quilts are meant to provide them comfort. Secretary of the American Veteran Supporters said that it's important for veterans to be recognized across the world. They said they have given their lives for us and going into service. This is just our way to say we appreciate you. These quilts are made from people in Oklahoma, Minnesota, Wisconsin, North Dakota, and they all send them to that area. They further said that no quilt is the same. Each one has its own unique style, and all the funding for the quilt comes straight from those who would like to honor a veteran. Really beautiful and lovely story about the community honoring our great men and women. Well, speaking, of course, about the military, uh, really interesting that President Biden did a surprise visit to Ukraine. He ended up taking a 10-hour train ride from the border there in Poland. He actually, I think, uh, Air Force One landed in Zhezhev, where I've been many times on the Polish border right there. It's one of the big cities there. And then he ended up taking a 10-hour train ride. Uh, They also alerted, by the way, Putin. It was interesting, just a few hours before, because they didn't want any mistakes, somebody hitting the, uh, the train or whatever. That was also interesting that they gave them a heads up. Uh, basically say, FYI, uh, President uh, Biden is going to be in Ukraine. Make sure there's no attacks on a train uh, heading towards Kiev. And he did make it into Kiev, and he met with President Zelensky. Now, I want to say, I actually think it was a powerful statement that the President of the United States went there. I actually think he should have even gone there sooner. Uh, The Polish president, many of you know I'm half Polish, Uh, The Polish president um, had been there. Also, the Polish prime minister had gone a few times. A number of people, remember Boris Johnson uh, of the U.K. at the time, was walking all over the place uh, with Zelensky. We've seen members of Congress go there. President Biden didn't want to go there before because they said it was too risky when he was down there. That was when he was on the border and telling the 82nd Airborne, when you go in, remember that whole uh, mistake, which was like, wait, 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 we're going to battle. And and they're like, oh, the White House had to clear that one up. Remember that whole thing. But this time he did actually go in. And I do give him credit. I think it's an important statement to go there. Uh, But I want to hear your thoughts of what you thought of the visit. Um, Did you think it was the right timing? It's the one year anniversary stunningly coming up. Also talked about giving about half a billion dollars a more aid, uh, 500 uh, million plus coming and many more potentially coming down the road to Ukraine. This also comes at a time which I think is so scary that there's rhetoric coming basically that China may be supplying lethal aid and teaming up with Russia, which is really getting complicated if that happens. I mean, who knows if it's just blustering or if that's going to happen, but scary stuff. Uh, But here is President Biden while he was in Ukraine uh, earlier today. Take a listen. We mourn alongside the families of those who've been lost to the brutal and unjust war. 
We know that there'll be very difficult days and weeks and years ahead. But Russia's aim was to wipe Ukraine off the map. Putin's war of conquest is failing. Russia's military has lost half its territory it once occupied. Young, talented Russians are fleeing by the tens of thousands, not wanting to come back to Russia. Not, not just fleeing from the military, fleeing from Russia itself. Because they see no future in their country. Russia's economy is now a backwater, isolated and struggling. So that was President Biden. And soon after, I want to play, this is number 10, this is President Trump came out. And he questioned Basically, why did Biden on President's Day, of course, because this is President's Day, as many of you know, I've been working. I know a lot of you guys work today, but many of you also hopefully enjoyed the day off on President's Day to honor our great presidents. You think of George Washington and and Lincoln, I think, are two greatest presidents. Um, But President Trump came out and basically said, you know, maybe Biden should have been in Ohio. Uh, Maybe he should have been at the border, at our southern border. versus looking at Ukraine's borders. What are your thoughts about that? Here is President Trump just a little bit ago commenting on that. Because what's happened in the last little while, over the last two years, the destruction that they've done in two years, nobody's ever seen anything like it. And even now you have a president going to Ukraine and you have people in Ohio that are in desperate need of help. And President Trump is going to be going to Ohio on Wednesday. I think it's, again, Amazing that he says he's going to go and then suddenly FEMA decides to help some of the people in Ohio uh, just at the fear that Trump was going. It's still been unbelievable that Biden has not gone to Ohio. We're talking about the train derailment and, of course, that toxic plume that you've seen, all like the dead fish and the dirty water. I mean, there are so many problems going on there. It is really, really disheartening that they haven't gone. Also, Buttigieg, transportation secretary, hasn't gone. And I contend you can do both. I think it's important that President Biden went over and showed his support for the people of Ukraine. Um, I thought it was a really powerful message, and it certainly gives them, you know, hope and emboldens them and everything else. But I don't think there's any reason why he shouldn't have gone to Ohio. He's had over two weeks since the whole train derailment happened. We've all seen those images. I mean, there's like thousands of dead fish. There are people that are so worried there about even drinking water. Uh, I mean, it's just is this horrible situation. And it's unbelievable that the president hasn't gone there in the two weeks prior to this. What about spending more time on our border, too? I don't think it's an either or. I think you can do both. And why is he not doing both? Why is he like going over to Ukraine but can't somehow make it to Ohio, too? Uh, This is a little crazy. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Phil in the Bronx on line three. Phil, your thoughts. Rita, you know, I, I hear a lot about Biden and it's shocking. The man is absolutely shocking in his disregard for the American people. We've got crises here. We've got we got 55 major cities where crime is beyond belief. It's it's outrageous. It's crim- it, it, it in itself. These these governors and mayors and D.A. should be put in jail for 5000 years. We have the southern border. We have the Ohio mess. I mean, 
we have problems here that require top-level federal oversight, and no one's doing nothing. Biden is off on a jinty to to, uh, Ukraine. He's been pumping them full of money. He must have a, he must have a pathological love for these people because they don't deserve it. They don't deserve all the money we're giving them. It's this is too much money. But but he gives them ammunition. He gives them cannons. He gives them uh, bombs. He gives them tanks and jeeps. How much more do you need to hold back the Russians? You don't need the money as much as you need the arms. You want to give them weaponry? Fine. But but half a billion dollars or half. 500 million or whatever every few months, 50 million last time, 30 million before that. This is insane. And the American taxpayers are being made complete suckers. They're being made suckers out of this because they're just sitting back saying, well, I guess the government knows what it's doing. No, the government does not know what it's doing. Well, and this Phil, country Phil. suffers from a disease called i have no idea what's going on well you and bring if up people don't wake let me just finish yeah go if ahead phil i'll let you go up, go ahead if people don't wake up the average voter black white chinese male female uh lbgt whoever the hell if they don't wake up and see the truth this country is doomed within the next few years to hell with to hell with re-election in 24 we're, we're going to be doomed by the time we hit 26 well and and phil i i think your points are all great ones um, I do think there is a reason as, to support Ukraine in terms of fighting for freedom, where I will say, Phil, is that to me, it is shocking. And I and where is the American public saying he basically opened the door? Remember, said, oh, if there's a minor incursion, think about even had he stood strong against Russia early on, really early on, Russia was amassing its troops on the border forever. Remember? Why didn't this president come out and say, you know, don't you dare, you know, step into Ukraine? You know, why didn't he like put his foot down then? And instead he said, well, if there's a minor incursion, we may not do anything. And sure enough, Putin goes in. He sees a green light. So the way that this president has handled it from day one has just been crazy. And it's been this drip, 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 drip. And even on arms, like you said, it's been this drip, 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 drip in arms. You know, and it's co- and it's costing. I contend, had he done it right to begin with, um, you know, you would have paid some money up front, clearly to protect. And I think there's a, a reason you clearly don't want the war to spill over into Poland or anywhere else. Um, and obviously, what's happening to Ukraine is terrible, and you certainly don't want it to get into the neighboring countries, the NATO countries. But um, the fact that he's just done—it's been so poorly managed by this president and and where's the end game i think it's a fair question to ask what is the strategy what is the strategy now you know i mean do you have are you going to just kind of the slow sort of drip 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 i think the american public deserves to know that and i think you can do both i mean you can chew gum and walk at the same time and i think you can fight for freedom overseas at the same time that you could treat our americans with respect and and go to the border and try to take care of that. Don't tell us you're cutting back at the border when, you know, it's an unlimited checkbook elsewhere. Uh, You know, you should be protecting the border, too. Um, And then what about going to Ohio? Your point is uh, he should have been in Ohio day one. It is abominable. And the Buttigieg, the fact that he hasn't he's a transportation secretary. I mean, this guy, 
Think about all the problems with the airlines. He was nowhere to be seen. Think about all the supply chain problems. He was nowhere to be seen. And suddenly you've got a spill that's in Ohio dealing with rail cars. People afraid to like, you know, go outside. They're seeing a plume. They, you know, the, the control burn that they did. And I mean, look, you see all the dead fish and they can't even make it on a trip to Ohio. By the way, uh, first of all, it's horrible. It's also they want to win Ohio. Ohio is the state that they want to win, even for political reasons, even if it's like for their own crazy self-serving reasons, which is the last reason they should go. But they're not even going for that reason. It's like they they just it seems like they're hoping like if they don't pay attention to it, uh, no one's going to focus on it. I mean, it's. It is unconscionable. And you just talked about the lack of leadership. It is so abundantly clear that we have such a huge vacuum in leadership in this country and so many problems. And and our president is just like kind of in la-la land. I am glad that that he went over uh, to go over there. But it, it, for some reason, he can't show up at the border and he can't show up in Ohio. It's like there is such an unbelievable disconnect. It is it is shocking and it, and it's it's scary for the country phil and i know you understand that as a veteran and and your points are well taken um let's go to william line seven william your thoughts i'd just like to see my time and say sean you are proof that there is hope for civil society i encourage you to keep calling in and thank you for that call it really it really gave me in a better mood and it's also an example of why there needs to be more outreach to especially black and latino folks in the inner cities by uh conservatives and teach them about the divide and conquer and teach them instead of hoping you're going to get famous and uh be a be a be a star learn a trade learn how to plumb learn how to hook up solar panels or a natural gas generator on a house learn learn to do what i do fix cars for a living i guarantee you're going to be better off because that's what the system don't want they want you to hate me because i'm white and me to hate you because you're black divide and conquer sean you get it yeah by, by the way sean in. and i want to remind everybody it was sean who called in um saying he was an african-american lived in maryland and he said that, you know, he and his friends, um, you know, appreciate law enforcement and they hate this sort of uh, divisive rhetoric he was saying from the far left. Um, and, and I agree with you. Boy, what a great call that was to hear from him um, and his own experiences and just saying how much he really appreciates seeing our men and women in blue. And he hates this divisive talk coming from the left that's sort of trying to sort of sell them on this division uh, that he isn't buying uh, because he believes we're all Americans together. That w- that was a wonderful call. And, and William, I'm so glad that you spotlighted it, too, as well. Thank you so much, William. I agree with you. I had, I had great hope after I heard that call. I thought, wow, what a, what a great, great guy. And I do hope that he calls back again soon. He was terrific. We're going to continue, everybody, with your calls after the break. What did you make of President Biden's visit over there to Ukraine. And President Trump tonight saying, why didn't he go to Ohio? Why isn't he visiting the border? Uh, boy, is there a leadership vacuum in a lot of ways. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. President Biden takes a 10-hour train ride 
And by the way, the only reporters who went with him uh, were told that they had to give up their cell phones um, with the White House pool because obviously they didn't want anything to be traced. It was a super secret mission. And he did go into Kiev and met finally with President Zelensky face to face in Kiev. Uh, a lot of people felt that maybe his priorities are in the wrong place. Take a listen to what Riley Moore of West Virginia, he's the state treasurer, had to say about the visit. It seems to be the only way to get this administration's attention is to be in Ukraine. Uh, the only way to have them care about securing a border is the Ukrainian border. Uh, certainly we have a humanitarian crisis that's been going on in this country for decades, the opioid crisis, which seems to be widely ignored. But uh, unfortunately, $113 billion goes to Ukraine to help defend their borders and protect their people and fund these humanitarian projects. Uh, it, it really is a sad state of affairs where this administration is right now. So does this administration have its priorities out of whack? Are they more focused on Ukraine than our own borders? And I can contend they should be able to do both. Uh, but for some reason, this president doesn't want to focus on our borders, doesn't want to focus on Ohio. Why not do all of that? one 800 Let's go to Norm, uh, line eight. Norm, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Yeah, um, it just it seems that President Biden does whatever the international global community wants and nothing at the actual that the American people want. And, uh, you know, it's it's very telling. He goes running to Ukraine. Um, I wonder who I wonder who dispatched him there. I I don't think he said, oh, let's go to Ukraine. I doubt it. Uh, This is. uh, it's coming from oh, Obama, Susan Rice, you know, the uh, World Economic Forum, all those uh, globalist people. They all they all they're all pushing. They're all pushing for us to get into a war with Russia. And, uh, and by the by the way, Norm, China I think some of the getting... I was about to say the China stuff, Norm, I think is really scary that now yeah, they're China's sort of gonna... saying, you know, we may give lethal aid. They're talking about giving mm-hmm. weaponry, not just funds potentially right. to russia yeah it's it's just uh you know i mean we had four years of peace and uh now uh we're not gonna have four years <laughs> we're we're uh it seems like we're gonna end with a banger here uh which is uh, the scary Ukrainians want uh, hey yeah, norm Ukrainians let me ask you norm. norm let me ask you just from a from a perspective sure. too on trump do you believe sure. there, there's no doubt in my mind if trump was in office and even democrats say this um, that this would not have happened. I don't think Putin would have invaded Ukraine if Trump was in no. office. What are your thoughts? No, no, he would. He would not. No, no, he would not have invaded Ukraine. And now that he senses weakness, and he says, "What the hell? I'm already there anyway." So he's going to go for it. And they're they're not going to let go. I don't care how many how much arms we're going to send them and stuff. They've got six thousand nuclear bombs, big ones, big as what we got. City crushers, things that could touch New York, Washington, D.C., anywhere. And uh, if we're going to push him into a corner, uh, he's going to set something off. And I don't I don't believe Americans until we have the resolve to put our boys boots on the ground. And we don't. We should stay the hell out of there.
Yeah, it is such a complex situation. Um, and, and I just think it was so mishandled by this president from the very beginning. Um, and I mean yeah. it in terms of like he, he exhibited weakness. Uh, Putin clearly uh, saw it and he heard it. I mean, he heard I keep right. going back to the minor incursion norm. And, and right. you know, as soon as Biden said that, I remember that moment when he said in the press, I thought, oh, my God. This is it. You know, my father fought right. the Russians and the Germans, Norm. So, you know, you know my history. And so my as soon as I heard that, I was like, uh, you know, he gave the green light to somebody like Putin. And so it, it, he hasn't yet explained to the American public, like, where is this headed? Where is this going? What's the plan? Um, and and I think, it, you know, for Trump to say, look, he should be in Ohio. There's no reason I contend. There's no reason he can't. Uh, you know, you can try to obviously uh, take care of the world and and project freedom in the world. But we also could be visiting Ohio. We could be visiting our border. He seems too busy to do any of those things. And that is outrageous. Um, Norm, thank you. Great, great points and great talking to you. Let's go to Tommy, line three. Tommy, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Um, I I love you more than anything. I love you very much. Uh, This is going to taste like vinegar to me. Uh, but I'm going to give Biden a little kudos here. He finally found his cuyones. Uh, but this is Biden trying to save face in the world, you know, with China. And he, he's showing a little force. And I, I believe what you were saying before was right. You know, my name, I'm, I'm a retired military and my daughter's a cop. Awesome. Wanna, thank you. I want to th- I want to thank you for always backing the blue and keeping the, the back the blue in the military and veterans in your heart. Um, you know, when I retired, my daughter's an officer for five years. And uh, the barely, there's barely a day that doesn't go by that I don't worry. But there is never a day that I don't feel pride. And daughter, I love you. And I know you love me, but I love you more. And I win. Thank you, Rita. Bye. Oh, Tommy, thank you for calling in. How beautiful. And what a great family between you and your daughter. Uh, we love both of you guys. And we both uh, we just appreciate both of you and your service. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Tommy, you made me cry. How beautiful. Uh, to hear and we should always be backing the blue and also our men and women in the military wow it's been an interesting day you guys between Ron DeSantis and also between Joe Biden lots to think about and I'm sure we're going to be talking about more of this tomorrow and let's see where this goes also again remember President Trump going to Ohio on Wednesday so let's see what happens there The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.